It's a lunchtime stream. Hopefully you got a late lunch today. Quarter to one on the east side. R.I.P. Virgil. It's been a year. I'ma just say, make sure you go get updates on your health. Make sure you go get tested. Make sure you check everything because sometimes doctors are not in the role to check everything. If you don't ask, they're going to check the thing that's bothering you. Sometimes you don't even realize you got stuff going on, but RIP, we going to get it going. Like how, you know what I'm saying? We used to get it going. And it's been like, what, two weeks? It's been Thanksgiving, so I'm hopeful that everybody had a good Thanksgiving and holiday. I got some notes in my phone. I got some shit to talk about because the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks are not it right now. They're not it right now. They are not it right now. I can't even get jiggy with my squad. I can't. I've just got to say, it's been multiple bad days. Every single time the Knicks play, it's a bad day. And... I hate that it has to be like that because that's not how we started the season. That's not how we came into the season. We expected to have some, some type of cohesiveness. We got Jalen Brunson. We got a point guard. We got someone to settle, the, settle down the offense, set us up on defense because Julius Randle is not the person for that. And looking at yesterday's game against the Grizzlies, that's a pure perspective and glimpse of what that is. Jalen Brunson dropped 30. We don't have to have him drop 30. That wasn't expectations, but as the leader of this team, I've been saying Jalen Brunson is the leader of the Knicks. Like, come on now, declare it. Jalen Brunson is the leader of the Knicks. Julius Randle could be a good number two. Hey, a good number three if somebody else steps up, which we hope to be RJ, or it could have been somebody else, Donovan Mitchell, whatever the case may be. A lot of people spinning the block on that trade and thinking maybe it should have went down. And we'll get into that as far as like, what's the next move for the Knicks. But today, today we're going to talk about player of the week, of course, bum of the week, some reactions of the last couple of games um, for our hometown team. Do we have patience for RJ and, of course, some predictions for this week? Oh, activity in the chat. Who that's? Oh, my boy, my boy. Hold on. Let me get my, let me get my vision correct. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> yeah. Let me get my vision right so I can see the chat properly. I think uh, the chat overlay should go above everything. There we go. So I can see the chat. I'm supposed to see the chat. But yesterday, uh, Jalen Brunson dropped 30 points. And from him becoming in, from him being signed to this team, from him being signed to this team, a lot of people said, oh, Jalen Brunson, you know, we don't need him. A lot of people in Dallas, the Dallas fans said, we don't need Jalen Brunson. You can have him. You can have him. 
25 mil a year? Oh, hell no. You can have him. It's all good. It's all good. You can have him. Now, look at Jalen Brunson. His last four games. 30. 32. 34. 27. That's all points. Now, 34 and 9, 9 assists. He had 4 assists when he dropped 32. 9 assists when he dropped 34. 3 assists when he dropped 27. Yesterday, 30, uh, 60% from 3. Uh, 46% from the field of the game before. 70% uh, from the field of the game before as well. He only missed 1, 2. And uh, 52% from the game before then. So... Everybody's saying that the Jalen Brunson uh, signing or deal, whatever you want to call it, what they overpaid, they got him for a steal, to be honest. Because these are numbers you expect from somebody in like a tier one or tier two point guard or combo guard. Like you look at somebody like Ja, you look at somebody like Donovan Mitchell, you look at somebody like, like Kyrie Irving. These are numbers you expect from, from, from players like that, right? At least for the points and assists. And he's giving you a quality amount of rebounds for a guy that's only like six foot one and the point guard. And, and to have people on your team like Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle and Obi and other bigs who's supposed to be grabbing every board, he's still grabbing you five rebounds a game which is really good it's a steal i might say it's a steal i will say and that's the player of the week to me and he's holding the fort down as as far as as far as player of the week i've been calling him player of the week almost every single time because his play is just not even consistent but i feel like his play is more than what you asked for, more than what we asked for. Like, we we didn't, we thought Jalen Brunson was just going to give his career average at minimum. So we, I thought, hey, 20 plus a game, eight assists, four five rebounds. That's not what he's doing right now. So why are, we, why are the Knicks losing if he's playing that well? And it's hard. I feel like it's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to tell because you have games where it seems like RJ Barrett is playing like garbage. He's shooting badly. He's aiming his shot. He's not being patient. He's not, he's not getting rhythm. He's missing layups. He's missing rim runs. He's missing attacks at the rim. He's missing wide open shots. And the thing with him, he was supposed to be working on his shot over the, over the summer. We see videos of, of him working out with his trainer, I think Drew Hanlon, and he's missing wide open shots. Is it RJ? Is it is it um, the defense where Tom Thibodeau is supposed to be waking something up in him defensively, but we don't see RJ playing great defense. Cam Reddish was hurt, and Cam Reddish was holding it down defensively, and he just came back. But we just got grimes, so we're getting grimy. 
and he's working himself back in. So do we need to rely on two or three players? Mitchell Robinson just came back. Do we need to rely on specific players for defense or should the team step up no matter who's there to play defense, at least to come out with a victory? So is it specific players or is it the team? And that's where coaching comes into uh, the conversation because if it's specific players and not the team coming together to play defense, then you have a coaching issue because you're going to have players with the mindset that they're going to play defense. They have to play defense or this is what their coach should do and they're going to listen. But if the rest of the players aren't doing it, then the coach or the scheme or what's being said to them ain't working. So is it that we've seen quickly step up on defense, but it's hard because quickly didn't play a lot of minutes yesterday and quickly has been killing quickly was almost a player of the week, but Brunson has been destroying. But if there was a second, it would be quickly quickly has been working hard on offense and defense, getting rebounds, shooting us passing, playing good one-on-one defense, help defense. He's If you watch the game, he's calling out plays. He's calling out positions. He's pointing for the extra pass. He's a leader on the floor. So quickly he's rising, and I hope they don't trade him. I hope they don't, really and truly. Um, Is it Randall? I mean, Randall took the back seat yesterday, and the Knicks really and truly could have and should have won, uh, won that game. Because they came back and they had momentum. They just weren't hitting shots. And at some point, they stopped playing as a team. When you got certain people on the floor, it's almost as if it's like, all right, I'm going to shoot. Now I'm going to shoot. And we're not playing for each other. And they were doing that earlier in the game. They were they were passing the ball to each other. RJ was passing. RJ was receiving passes. Um, Brunson was passing and receiving passes. Randall was passing the ball and receiving passes. Randall almost had a triple-double. So was it that they just couldn't hit shots yesterday after they made those adjustments to play together and better as a team? Because they lost to Portland with no Damian Lillard. No Damian Lillard and you lost to Portland. You let two dudes drop 80-plus points on you. Anthony Simons, who's an up-and-coming killer on offense. Once he get hot, he hot. And Jeremy Grant, who has shown he could score. When he was on Detroit, he showed. When he was on the Nuggets, he showed. So... They have shown that they can score, but they don't have their leader. They don't have the head of the snake. And that game went to overtime, and they ran away with it. The Knicks look horrendous on defense against the Blazers. There's there's times where Jeremy Grant is wide open. Wide open. How do you expect to play defense or stop somebody if they're wide open? Somebody that hot who's carrying majority of the points and you just keep leaving them open consistently. Like, where is the defensive logic? Where is the defensive communication? Where's the defensive 
teamwork. So I think it really boils down to the defense and the coach is supposed to be somebody who brings that out. So if the team is going to suck at defense, at least on offense, be damn near unstoppable. And even yesterday, I was thinking about my not-so-favorite Knicks coach, Mike D'Antoni. Because the thing with Mike D'Antoni, we knew. Yeah, I know. I know Mike D'Antoni. I know. I know. It's been bad. It's been that bad. I'm thinking about Mike D'Antoni. But even with Mike D'Antoni, we knew. We knew he wasn't going to go hard on defense because the philosophy was to save your energy for the offense. If the team scores, it's okay because we're going to run down the floor and score or we're going to shoot up a lot of threes. And I was thinking about Mike D'Antoni. I beg your pardon? I know. But the thing, the here are the differences that I see in Mike D'Antoni and Dips is that the one thing that you specialize in, the one thing that you specialize in, you excel in. So, so Tom Thibodeau is supposed to be defensive. He's not excelling at the defense right now. Mike D'Antoni is traditionally offensive, and he, and he made tweaks defensively when he was on the Knicks too, but he excels at offense every time. Every time. Every time. So I'm just looking at it like if we can't excel offensively, he was special. If we can't excel offensively or defensively, what are we excelling at? What are we, what is the one thing that we're, we're taking away from a team, from our, from the Knicks, from our team, and says, like, yo, they are excellent at that. They, you know what? They're going to block every shot in the paint because they got Mitchell Robinson and Obi and, and Randall, and you got Cam Reddish coming. And then off the bench, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Jericho Sims, who's also going to block every shot. So are we going to be excellent at blocking shots? Are we going to be excellent at perimeter defense? I don't know what we're excellent at right now. I don't. At least with Mike D'Antoni, I knew the Knicks were going to score and score and shoot threes. They're going to be excellent at shooting threes. But they're going to be excellent at scoring. They're going to be a 500 team, which is what the Knicks are now. They're going to be a 500 team. But you know what? They're going to be excellent at scoring, so they're going to have a chance. And the Knicks are a 500 team at best right now, and I don't know what they're excellent at. And another thing that had me thinking about Mike D'Antoni was if you wasn't cooking, if you weren't playing well, he would put you on the bench and put somebody else in that was cooking and would play well. And that was the issue that, some players had with him like Amari and Melo because when it was just Amari, you had to play him. But Amari was always cooking. When Melo got there, there was times where it's like he would sit them for whoever was killing. It's a reason why Chris Duhan 
is the record holder for assists for the New York Knicks because he was cooking and Mike D'Antoni kept him in the game. With Tom Thibodeau, if you're cooking, if you're doing well, he will take you out because he wants to play Derrick Rose. He wants to play Randall. He wants to play certain people. He wants to play Hartenstein. Like, why are you not playing the guys who have momentum? Why are you not playing Emmanuel quickly more because he has momentum? Why don't you sit Julius Randall or why don't you sit RJ Barrett when RJ Barrett keep throwing up brick pound brick pound brick brick pound brick pound brick? Yes, Al Harrington was killing it. Yo, he was exact, but he was humble. Exactly. That's how, that's how Jeremy Lin Lin sanity came through. Dan Tony said, "You know what?" He showed he showed me something, so I'm gonna put him in the game, and then he started killing it, and that that wasn't sustainable, but yo, it got us some wins. It's about winning the game. I saw somebody online say you gotta play for the name on the front of the jersey and not the name on the back of the jersey, which is a statement as old as sports. I hear it all the time when I was coaching, when I was watching when I was whatever the case may be. We've all heard it. We've all heard it. You got to play for the name on the front of the jersey and not the back. And sometimes it seems like, sometimes it seems like Thibs is committed to playing certain people, whether they're hot or cold. There's times where RJ should have been benched. And he got benched earlier this year. But there's a couple games where he was just trash. And why not see what we got with somebody else? Why not see what we got? Maybe we're Obi topping at the small forward. There's it's hard it's it's hard for people like Obi topping to get a rhythm when he's playing 14 minutes. He has shown once he plays like 20 minutes or more, he's able to be productive because he has a rhythm. It's hard to get a rhythm out there when you come in so sporadically. It's hard. It's hard. Um, Yesterday, RJ shot 9 for 18. That's 50%. So it's a pretty good game. And he was making smart plays. And I'm going to get into some RJ because to me, he was the bum of the week. I'm going to give it to him straight. Against Portland. In an overtime game, 19 points, 6 for 22. Against OKC, which was a pretty good game, 25 points, 10 for 16. Now, here's where it gets ugly. And people were saying he was sick and XYZ. Players get sick all the time. Julius Randle was sick, too. So... I don't want to get into a habit of just continuously giving R.J. Barrett excuses, but how much patience do we have for R.J. Barrett? Against the Suns, 12 points, 3 for 11. Against the Warriors, 18 points, 6 for 19. Against Denver, 11 points, 4 for 18. Against Utah, 18 points. 5 for 18 against OKC when the team went crazy in the first quarter and they fizzled out. 4 points. 2 for 10. 
His last good game was against Detroit when he scored 30, 10 for 17. It's Detroit. Come on. It's Detroit. Really and truly. And the game before that, 16 points, 5 for 14. How much patience does one player get? Honestly, really and truly, how much patience are we going to give R.J. Barrett? I keep hearing for the past couple of years, giving patience, giving patience. I'm one of those people. But at the same time, what are we going to wait for? So in the year that he got drafted, he got drafted third overall. That's a high-valued and high-quality draft pick. What are you waiting for, huh? So what, what's the patience for? What's the leash for? Zion got drafted first, and we all know what Zion is. He got hurt, but he still is a blockbuster player. John Morant is him. We know that. R.J. Barrett got drafted third. DeAndre Hunter and then Darius Garland fifth. And Donovan Mitchell's playing with Darius Garland. And Darius Garland made an all-star team. R.J. Barrett got drafted third. Just remember that. Drafted third. Number three. The following year. Top three picks. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. The year after, the top three picks were, let me load it up. I believe it's Jalen Green. Something to the effect. I'll verify. I will verify because I will not lie. So I will verify. And that Anthony Edwards draft with the same year we got Ovi topping in quickly. So I am not mad at Ovi topping in quickly, but we're talking about RJ and we talk, we're talking about top three picks. Top three picks, because those are the marquee and prime picks of any NBA draft. You want to be in the top three. Of course, you want number one because you can just make your own sole decision. But you want the top three at least. And the top three, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. Good draft. Good top three. And that was a deep draft too. But good top three. And I want you guys to see where I'm going when I talk about the top three in the draft. And how much patience are we going to give RJ? And last year's draft, Paolo, who's already proven himself. You got Chet, who's hurt, and Jamari Smith Jr., who's been playing pretty good for a rookie. Let's just say that. And later on, you got Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey. Anybody drafted in the top three almost makes an immediate impact. Right or wrong. Paolo Benchero, immediate impact. The year before, you got Cade, Jalen, and Evan Mobley. Pretty much immediate impact. And I and it looks like Cade and Jalen are going to be an all-star at least by a year from now, for sure. Anthony Edwards, you know he's going to be an all-star. LaMelo Ball was an all-star in his rookie season. 
James Wiseman, he's in the G League. He got stuff to work on, but he was also hurt. Let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind. Let's go. Let's go a couple years back. Let's go a couple years back. You got DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Luca. Marvin Bagley has been done some traveling around. He hasn't panned out. But Aiden and Luca have. And so did Trey Young, who was in that same draft. Should I go back another year? Let me go back another year. Let me go back another year. Let me go back another year. Because this is where things get a little hit or miss. Number one pick, Markel Fultz. He's not on that team anymore, and he was hurt multiple times. Lonzo Ball, not on that team anymore. He was hurt multiple times. But we know who Lonzo Ball is. And number three, Jason Tatum. And he could have gone number one. But there were some trades that had happened. So, are we still saying let's have patience on Lonzo Ball? Let's have patience on Marco Fultz? No. Those teams have moved on. Lonzo Ball is on his third team now from the team that he got drafted. Marco Fultz got injured a couple times, and he's not on the team that drafted him. They moved on. The Suns almost moved on from DeAndre Ayton, and they re-signed him, and DeAndre Ayton is a factor. Marvin Bagley is on, I think, his fourth team now since he got traded. And Luka Doncic is Luka. It's Luka. Let's keep it a buck. And I'm already talking, I'm only talking about top three picks. And if you go top five or top ten, you see a lot of player movement. 2019, you got Zion and Job. We already know who they are. My thing is nobody else before RJ Barrett, and nobody else after RJ Barrett is being asked to have some patience, or to have some grace. Except for maybe James Wiseman, but that's more so because he got hurt. And it was a bad injury, and he's still working himself back in, uh, back into uh, NBA shape and form and being on a full-time roster. So who are we trying to have patience for? Not Kate Cunningham. He got the keys to the franchise. Not Jalen Green. He got the keys to the franchise. Not Evan Mobley. He's on a stacked team. And he's in a great position to continue to grow because he has Garland and now he has um, Jared Allen and now he has Donovan Mitchell. So he has a team around him and Kevin Love, a veteran, a champion, so he can grow within the team. So... Is the reason why people are saying to have patience with RJ because his situation is not like the others? Or maybe he's not quite like the player like the others. I don't think he's the player. But that doesn't make him a bad player. I compare him to another Canadian, Andrew Wiggins. Athletic guy who can score when they were drafted were ranked very high, could have gone number one from the t- from their rankings. Wiggins did go number one. 
And Wiggins was never thought to be a good shooter. And Wiggins, for the most part of his career, has just been a solid player and a solid trade to help another team. He got traded for Kevin Love before he even played a game. And then he just, you know, worked on himself in Minnesota in a place where he can work on himself. RJ Barrett has the luxury of not that many players don't get to be in a location like New York and be given a, a very long leash to work on himself because Nick's fans are just tired of losing. We're tired of seeing loss after loss year after year. So you know what? We got a good draft pick, a top three draft pick. Let's see what we could get before we fully move on from him. But other franchises have shown we ain't waiting to move on. We just going to make a move. And the difference between the Knicks and other franchises is that there's always a move that they do too late or there's always a move that they do too early. Whether they get rid of a player too early and then they blossom in a different team or different uh, location or they obtain a player too late in their career and they've given up assets and that player gives you nothing. McDice, McGrady, Penny, Marbury. Marbury is good. I ain't going to lie. I love Marbury in New York. He was all-star. But imagine we had him much, much earlier. Um, Yeah. Amari Stoudemire. His knees were bad. His knees were bad. So how how much patience should we give RJ? Because we, we just signed him to an extension that kicks in next year. They didn't want to trade it from Donovan Mitchell. And... The more you hear about that trade, the more you hear about information of that trade was that the Jazz didn't really care about the players. They wanted the picks. And the thing you hear about the, that uh, uh, trade that was on the table for Donovan Mitchell from the New York Knicks side was that the New York Knicks didn't want to give up players. They didn't want to give up Quentin Grimes or they didn't want to give up RJ or whoever. But it sounds like the Jazz didn't care who they got as long as they got the draft picks they wanted. So for Donovan Mitchell, they got three picks and they got Laurie Markinen and Colin Sexton. And I forgot the other young player. They got three players and two pick swaps, which was a lot. It's, they pretty much just gave them the offer that they told the Knicks. And instead of the Knicks saying, you know what? We'll give you four draft picks and two players because you want the draft picks more. The Knicks just played themselves and got nothing. I understand because the death of the team is really what's carrying the team. Cam Reddish and quickly and topping and Grimes is back. The death of the team is what's carrying them. So you don't want to give up death to get a player and God forbid that player gets hurt, and now you have nothing. Now you're depleted. I get it. I get it. But 
something should have been done or something needs to happen because how much time you want to give RJ? I just gave you all the numbers. If you remove RJ and insert Donovan Mitchell, we will be a top four team in the East right now as far as record. If you were able to give the Utah Jazz four picks and two pick swaps and two players, let's say you gave them Julius Randle and Fournier. Or if they wanted somebody younger, let's say if you gave them R.J. Barrett and Fournier or something. Or R.J. Barrett and Randle. Something. Not saying you should give him those players, but let's say you just remove RJ. You give him RJ Barrett plus one, plus four picks. If they would have taken that, and it sounds like they may have four guaranteed first round picks, and the Knicks have what, seven or eight picks in the next few years? Three this year? You give them two this year and two next year or something like that, whatever, you work it out. You work that out. And say, here's a pick swap or two just to get Donovan Mitchell. I kind of feel like I regret that that trade didn't happen. And I regret that that trade didn't, ha- that didn't happen because I don't want to wait no more. Saying that RJ Barrett should be given patience means that we need to have more patience with this Knicks team. A couple years ago, we were patient. We thought we were going to get KD, thought we were going to get Kyrie. We didn't. We were told to be patient. It's okay. Give it another year. We ain't get nobody. Give it another year. We ain't get nobody. How long do we have to be patient for? If we got to be patient with RJ, that means we have to be patient with the Knicks being successful. And I don't want to wait anymore. I'm tired. I want to go to the games, but I don't want to give my money to the New York Knicks if they're not going to do something to be successful now. And if they use all these draft picks to get players out of college or the G League or whatever, where are they going to fit? Because you got to get rid of players we have. So they're not going to fit anywhere. So something got to happen. And the next trade they do, the next trade they do, I'm telling you now on November 28th, Monday, the next trade they do is going to hurt the team more than help the team because now their backs are against the wall and now they're desperate. They keep linking Westbrook to the Knicks because they know the Knicks, they know the Knicks is going to be feet is going to be starving. Then they know the Knicks are starving to make a move. So. Hey, you know, what's going to happen? Lakers are going to call. They're going to say, yo, we'll give you Westbrook. And a draft pick, a first round draft pick for, we'll take Evan Fournier. You're not using Evan Fournier. We'll take him. And we'll take a manual quickly. And the Knicks are going to do it because they're going to get a draft pick and they're going to get a big name and they're going to say, we got Westbrook. Oh yeah. They're going to send Derrick Rose too. We got West. So we're going to lose Derrick Rose. We're going to lose quickly. We're going to lose Fournier. I'm cool with Fournier going. I've been calling him not a fit for the team for a while. I'm cool with him going. 
Derrick Rose should be in a better environment because we have young players and we got to grow the young players. And Derrick Rose isn't super duper helpful right now. And then they're going to take our best player off the bench, someone who could really and truly start. I feel like if you put, if you put quickly and RJ together in the starting lineup, quickly would play better. That's how I feel. I feel quickly would play better. If he got the same amount of playing time as RJ, oh my God, quickly right now is killing. Quickly is killing. He's playing with effort, energy. He's what the Knicks need, heart. And Westbrook will bring effort and energy and heart. Oh, my God. Westbrook and Julius Randle, y'all going to stress out Jalen Brunson. How is that going to work to help the youth of the team? But I could see that happening. Just to... Make it the Knicks did something. How's that gonna help, man? And it doesn't it doesn't help to be it doesn't help to be a team that's up and down. You win some, you lose some, and be a 500 team. Either you gotta suck or you have to be a top team. Cause if you suck. You got a great draft pick. But if you're great, you're in the playoffs and you have an opportunity to play for a championship. The Knicks are neither. So what are we supposed to do, man? Just keep being okay being mid and mediocre? I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to be a mediocre team. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I do not want to be mediocre. I don't. I don't. Either either we suck as a record. Either our record sucks, but on the court, you see promise. Like, you see evolve cohesiveness and not this whole Julius Randle just staying at the top of the three like this and shoot and everybody looking at him. We need to evolve the game that we play. And if we lose every game for the rest of the year, but we lose those games by two, three, four, five points, I'm satisfied. And I'll tell you why, because that means we're non position to get a player that could bring us home. Jalen Brunson has shown he could put the team on his back, but we need another closer to carry that load. You need a big two at least. Jalen Brunson could play big. He's shown it. 30 points, 30 plus points multiple times. He could play big. I don't know if him and RJ do. I don't know if him and um, Randall do. Because it seems as like, it seems like when he's cooking, Randall's not really cooking. Randall's okay as far as points. But Randall did play well yesterday, so I'm not going to kill him. But I would love to see. I would love to see some aggressiveness. I would love to see some um, some energy 
I would love to see some some passion out of Randall, but like focus and with intention to actually be like, we're gonna win. You scoring 30, I'm scoring 30. Like what happened with us against the, the Blazers. Or you scoring, or I'm scoring too. Cause I'm trying to win. Let's get this win together. That's it. Because you got a mid three, RJ, Randall, and Brunson, who should give you 65 points at minimum together. Together, they should give you a minimum of 65. 65. 20, 20, 25. Or 22, 22, 21. That's doable. But what I don't want to see is RJ taking 20 shots and making five. I don't want to see Randall making bad low IQ shots. I don't want to see Brunson having to clean up and and wear himself out because of the low IQ and and mess that the rest of the team has made. I don't want to see that because we could get those points from quickly. <clears throat> Pardon me. We could get those points from other places. Why don't we use Mr. Robinson more to score? Why don't we use the walls of Jericho instead of Hartenstein? I'm I really don't understand some of the roster fit sometimes. It's the roster fit of 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 the players playing together on the court. So what's the next move? Who knows? I want to see. I want to see a shakeup of the starting lineup. We got Cam Reddish back. We got Grimes back. Maybe rest RJ again. Maybe just say, hey, RJ. You just rest the game. Is he, what is he trying to do? Get like a record of most consecutive games played? Like nobody cares. Nobody cares about that damn record if that's what he's doing. If he's not being productive on the floor. Um, what did Gilbert Arena say about playing for MSG? People want to come to the garden and and destroy the Knicks? But maybe put uh, Cam and Grimes together in the starting lineup. Or put IQ in the starting lineup with Cam or Grimes. And then have that energy off the bench. Let's just see. Let's just see. It's exhausting, man. It's exhausting. But I do want to see some changes to to the starting lineup and at least the lineups. Let's not put quickly in the game with two minutes left in the first quarter with Toppin. Maybe quickly and Cam or quickly and Grimes if if one of them isn't starting. But I think they earned it and they deserve it. They deserve it. They do. They do. Whew. What's the schedule for the week? What's the schedule for the week? What's the schedule for the week? We got the Pistons, Bucks, Mavs, and Cavs. Those are some interesting games. I have to refresh my memory. I know I watched it. 
but sometimes the brain fog be fogging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whoa. I'm looking at the schedule of the week. And I think the Knicks could go two and two. But they could go 0 and 4 quite easily. And I'm not going with my heart. I don't go with my heart anymore when it comes to the New York Knicks. But let's see. Pistons, Bucks, Mavs, and Cavs. Pistons, they should beat the Pistons. If Kate is playing, they could lose. If Kate, that the schedule is tough. So losing to the Grizzlies makes this schedule even more tough, puts more pressure on the team. Because you should have you should have beat Memphis. And Kate is out. Kate is so injured. You should have beat Memphis. Why couldn't you beat Memphis? That's all I'm saying. Why couldn't you beat Memphis? Why couldn't you beat Portland? That would have been two wins. Give you a nice little win streak in the garden. Maybe a Pistons win because they don't have Kate, but you never know these goddamn Knicks. The Bucks against Giannis, they're taking an L. Remember the last time Julius Randle played against Giannis? He was seeing ghosts. Yeah, that's an L again. They play the Mavs. I have the game against the Mavs a W for the Knicks because that's the Jalen Brunson revenge game. And I think Jalen Brunson is going to go off against his old team because they didn't even try to keep him. They thought he wasn't what he was. And the Mavs look like Luka needs some help down there. Luka got the team on his back and he tired. Yeah, Memphis would have been a confidence boost for sure. So I think because of all the factors involved and because the Mavs or the, or the, or the junior Knicks, they just signed Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker's going to the Mavs. That came out today. It's a junior Knicks, man. Come on. They got to own their sons for one, at least once. At least one time for the season, own your son real quick. And they played the Cavs against Donovan Mitchell, and they lost the last time. And I think the Cavs are playing better now. They got Garland back. They playing better now. And the thing is, I just don't see consistency offensively from the Knicks to feel like we could get a win. Because who is going to support Jalen Brunson? What are we going to do excellently? What are we going to excel at? What are we going to excel at? What are teams scouting for? If I'm playing against the Knicks, I don't even know how to scout this team because they don't excel at any one thing. Obi Toppin going to stay in the corner. Okay, he likes to dunk. Make sure he don't dunk. Julius Randle, just talk some shit to him. Get, to, get in his head. He's going to mess up. Let him shoot threes. He's not even going to go to the paint. 
Just let him stand out there and shoot. RJ Barrett, he's cold. He gonna miss. Leave him. He gonna miss. Just, just get into his head. Quickly, watch out for quickly. Be careful when quickly's there. Just, just, just double team quickly. Make sure he can't do nothing. Double team Jalen Brunson. Make sure he can't do nothing. Make somebody else do something. That's all I would do. Because time and time again, they've proven that they're going to beat themselves. And R.J. Barrett, when he plays well, you can see he's not overthinking. When he plays, when he aims his shots, when he goes so slow, slow motion, he's like thinking too much. When he rushes his shots, he's not thinking at all. It has to be a good balance of both. Where you're not thinking too much, and you're not thinking at all. You're playing in rhythm. You're carrying that rhythm with everything you do. And he did it yesterday. They just happened to lose. There were times when he made his open threes, when he settled into his feet and took the shot. Versus there's times where he misses, he just shoots way too quickly. There's times where he misses layups because he's going negative 12 miles per hour when he's driving to the basket because he's overthinking it versus being at a good rhythm and flow where the defense is off balance and then he makes a layup. I don't know, man. I don't know what happened on RJ Flow. He's, he's definitely a momentum guy. So if I'm... If I'm Thibodeau and if I'm the team, I try to get him some shots early in the game so he could get a momentum. I run some plays. I run some screens. I run some rim runs. I run some some pick and roll with RJ running the backdoor screen as an extra pass after the screen. And then the roll happens or a pick and pop with, um, with Randall. You got Brunson, RJ. And Randall, you do screen and roll. Brunson can kill you in the mid-range. So can RJ. So can uh, Randall. Randall hits the screen. Randall hits the corner. RJ comes from the other side for a back door, gets you an easy layup. You just get RJ some easy baskets. You get RJ easy baskets. And if a double team comes or if he's trapped or in bad positioning, he kicks it out to the next guy. You just keep the passes going. And that's what I saw from him yesterday, but we just need to get him going early. The first shot of the game should be should be RJ Barrett. It shouldn't be Julius Randle taking a stupid three. Yesterday, Julius Randle took the first three shots. He missed all three. And the Knicks were down 6-0. So we can't do things like that. We got to mix it up. Julius Randle, my thing with Julius Randle, he's like six foot eight, strong-looking dude. Why are you out there taking all these threes? Just run to the basket and body people up. Just body people up running to the basket. He's not Giannis. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not those players. 
But I think J um I think Julius Randle could score 25 points a game in today's NBA. If you give me 10 attempts at the basket of him putting a body on somebody using his strength and getting a layup or a close shot. If you make seven of those, that's 14 points. Add another six free throws because you're going to get fouled. That's 20 points. Hit two threes a game because he loves to shoot threes. Okay, take your two threes. That's 26. Why he can't do that? Him and Brunson, him and Brunson alone should be giving you 50 points a game at minimum. And then RJ can get into his flow because he doesn't need to do more. And then RJ gets his 20 easily. At minimum, he's giving you 20. So that's 70 points. And RJ gets hot, 75 points, 80 points between three guys. It could be done. You just have to play easier and smarter. Uh, Randall should not be shooting threes as his first two shots of the game. Or two or two out of the three first shots he takes of the game of the team shots. RJ needs to go to the basket. Randall needs to go to the basket. Run plays for RJ to rim run. And if anybody stops him at the rim, he kicks it back out. Jesus, now you hit your open three. Try. Try, try, try. Oh, yeah, he going to kick that. Randall is going to score like 15 points when he plays against the Bucks, if that. Let's see. Come out with heart, man. That's all That's all I want to see. Come out with heart. I'm trying to be a shooter. When you a big man, you bang down low. You've been doing that since college. You did it on the Lakers. You did it on, on, the, on the New Orleans Pelicans. You was banging down low. Banging down low. Come on. We know you could do it. Stop selling for these whack-ass, these weak-ass jump shots. Put the team on your back, but play smart. Don't do Don't Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm in so much pain watching this team. So much pain. Do you feel my pain? Right. Can you feel my pain? Can you feel my pain? <laughs> ah. He does throw off that chemistry sometimes. Cause he wants to play like a guard. He don't got to. You so you a big dude. Get to your spot. That's one thing I miss about Carmelo Anthony. Was that he could bring up the ball. He wasn't looking to bring up the ball. He was looking to get to his spot. People want people want something about defense. People always come up with excuses to be a hater. And that's the one thing I keep seeing online a lot. I'm going to rap pretty soon. We're coming up on an hour. People want to come up with reasons to be a hater when you're doing great. Why doesn't Julius Randle just wake up one day and say, I'm going to give him reasons to hate. I'm a bully ball, whoever's in front of me. I'm going to get to my spot. You know what? I'm not great on defense, but I'm going to destroy my offense. I'm going to get to my spot. I'm going to get to that wing. I'm going to get to that wing, and I'm going to post him up, and I'm going to body him. That's it. He ain't mellow. Don't get it twisted. But put a body on him. Put a body on him. Come on. 
<laughs> I, I wouldn't say he got soft. I felt like Melo understood he had to expand his game because he used to dunk on people like crazy. But that kind of hurts, yo. He'll be pushing you and all that. You'll be getting hit in your head and your side. So he had to expand his game a bit. But he still was lethal. He still was reliable. That's the thing. We need reliability. We need somebody to be lethal. Woo! I've been talking a lot. I've been talking a lot. Gonna be streaming this week. I want you to put the word out there. So. That we back up. Look out for that. Me? Back up. I want to see a win, so it could easily be the uh, the Pistons game. I could stream. Let me see what days that they fall on. That that Mavs game might be a fun game to watch. But we're gonna get it done. We're gonna get it done. Um, waiting on that intro music, outro music. Hopefully that comes soon. Is it coming soon? Is it coming? I hope so. I hope so, man. We can, so we can ride out. We can ride out. But um, shout out to the weekly, the lunchtime weekly recap. I had to just, uh, I had to just, uh, what was I doing? I had to just uh, set myself up and all that. So, yo, anybody in here live on the lunchtime stream? I see we got a few people in here, but in the chat, we got analytics. Manny Glover, what's good? <laughs> Yo, I ain't gonna talk about it. I ain't gonna talk about it, man. I ain't gonna talk about it. I ain't gonna talk about it. Woo, I need to eat. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> ain't gonna talk about that guy. But yeah, haters is real. Haters are real. My phone going off. For what? Oh, the ops. But anyway, yeah, man. Season might be a wrap, though. Knicks are not doing good right now. But tap in on the LinkedIn. I'm going to post on the socials. The uh, stream schedule. Still working on the Twitch emotes. Working on a lot of things, I will say, to be real transparent personally. There's a lot going on with multiple different things. So the time for this, I need to dedicate, like, a lock in period but um hopefully the high